I'm not gonna lie. I might have to start breaking my one meatball sub a week rule because fucking meatball sub is just too good. Like I, I meatball subs aren't even like a thing I crave. Like I don't give a fuck about meatball subs. Like I used to love meatball subs. Like I like a meatball sub, but like if I'm going to a sub place, the la- I feel like the last thing I'm like pick picking is like a meatball sub. I feel like the staples are like steak and cheese or like buffalo chicken. There's no good chicken parm places around us. Oh, I wonder chicken, if that chicken place, parm does that have you got it? Have you tried a chicken parm from that place? I think they do have their take on a chicken parm. I don't. I haven't had it though. I've only had two of their sandwiches: a uh, fucking meatball sub, and they have a a chopper cheese, which I believe is is a sandwich more more known in New York, which is called a chopped cheese, which is basically a steak and cheese, but it has mushrooms and uh, onion rings on it. <laughs> I get it with no mushrooms, but it's like a really good steak and cheese. Um, I usually have been going back and forth between like, I'll get a fucking chopper cheese and then I'll get a fucking meatball sub the next time. So I guess I've been already kind of breaking my two sub a week rule, just not getting two meatballs. Vermont used to have the best fucking, it's the weirdest thing, chicken parm places. Like there were so many spots in Vermont that just had like some of the best chicken parms I've ever had. I don't think like, I feel like chicken parm sandwiches aren't even a big thing down here. I couldn't even tell you last time I had a chicken parm sub. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, uh, are you ordering a fucking chicken parm, Mike, when you go anywhere? No. Dog, down here, are you like getting like chicken, chicken parm subs? Like chicken parm yeah, subs. I had, down I here, had like, at least one chicken parm sub last week. At least one? Yeah. <laughs> Do you get yeah, it normally? There's, the possi- like there's the possibility that I got more than one chicken parm last week. <laughs> but do you like? are you like regularly snagging the chicken parm? I mean, it's in the mix. Okay. All right. All right. Do you have like a good good chicken parm spot near you? See, I don't have any good spots near me that I know of. I don't know. I I I just am not afraid <laughs> to order a chicken parm, I guess. All right. I mean, listen, <laughs> I mean, I maybe I gotta maybe I gotta just grab a random chicken parm this week and just kind of see where it's Do see it. Get, the get it from there and let me know. I bet you it'll I be like good. how Dom has the courage to order a chicken parm sub yeah, whenever. I, I, yeah. <laughs> like that's a failing on our part that we're just us afraid to no, I, I I feel like if I ordered the chicken parm around us, I would probably be like chicken fingers with like tomato sauce and fucking a couple pieces yeah, of cheese exactly. on it. Because I, I have definitely ordered a chicken parm sub from a sub place before, and it has been exactly that. It's basically a buffalo chicken finger sub, but it's not buffalo sauce. It's like may, maybe, if you're lucky, provolone cheese. Like I want a chicken like cutlet. American like cheese. Fucking... Yeah, you want a good, nice pounded piece of chicken. You got to pound that meat. Pound that you know meat. Got to pound that shit. I'm aware. I don't know. Uh, I was also confused that Brennan said they have a take on a chicken parm sub. Oh, they, they, <laughs> I said they might have a take on a chicken parm sub. Like this place doesn't have just like like the meatball sub is meatballs. I think I think maybe American provolone, but it also has cherry peppers in the sauce, uh, which is not. I feel like that's not a normal thing to put on a sub, but they're fucking perfect in there because it gives it a little bit of heat. It's it's so fucking good. Fuck, my mouth is watering. I already ate this sub like yeah, three hours ago. Yeah, I didn't, ago, I didn't eat I'm, shit. I, I'm, man, I'm all fucking right hungry. Now. Anyways, we got a fucking jam-packed episode tonight, so we should we should move right along. Welcome, everyone, to the Pass Control Podcast, a show where a couple of best friends talk about the ladies in video games and nerd culture. Sometimes we have guests. Sometimes we talk about delicious fucking subbies too long. Either way, we have a new episode for you each and every week. As always, I'm your host, Brennan Groom, and joining me on this lovely Saturday evening is the anime senpai himself. The one and only. He's so fucking money he doesn't even know it. 
Mr. Michael Insane and the Membrane Desire. Mike, how are you doing tonight? Um, I was fine until you started adding fucking epithets to my name. I mean, you were in the front of the program. You were in Perfect Hat Games Membrane shirt. It's a good game. You're wearing it. I don't know. It just kind of happened. Looks good on you. Never let it happen again. A shirt looking good on you or me me extending your intro? All of the above. All right. Let's get a quick, like, 15-second review, Mike. How's that Cutwater Tiki Rum Punch treating you? Yeah, it's whatever. <clears throat> I think maybe I think maybe the, the fruit punch is too weak. I don't know. There's something. I think what it is is it, it's because it's like it's got bubbles, right? It's like sparkling. It's got like a little yeah, it is sparkling. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's got some. I don't know if it has soda water in there or what, but or seltzer. It it's it has that that sparkle to it, and I think it I think it diminishes the flavor of the of the fruit punch. Yeah, that might be it. That's my take. I mean, if that sounds like your jam, though, then I mean, you know, go for it. But it's just my ties king. I think still in my book. Yeah, this is. I did drink a Cutwater Peach Margarita last week, and that was fucking delicious. Yeah, those are good, too. Um, I'm surprised. Mike, usually not a big fruit guy. He's not big, big, not big on fruit in his drinks. Yeah, you know, it, it's entirely artificially flavored. That's what I need. I need Fair to make enough. sure nothing, nothing I ingest is natural. Ah, uh, you need, like, that syrupy, syrupy goodness. You don't want that, like, real fruit yeah. macerating in the liquid. Anyways, also joining us this evening is the Fortnite father. Mr. I only buy iconic skins. Where's that arcane bullshit? Uh, <laughs> the, the, the jinx, uh, jaddy, Todd Gary. Todd, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm glad you actually brought all that in because I was going to correct you if you didn't. I was going to be like, drop the Fortnite, make it arcane. The arcane asshole, Todd Gary. <laughs> yeah, right. I couldn't think of anything. Else. <laughs> um, how are you doing, Todd? How's good. your double dry hop king suit treating you? It's good. I'm gonna probably grab another one. Yeah, it is very good. I know I want I might grab another one before it's gone too. Yeah. Rounding us out tonight is the Disney Daddy. The Pixar Poppy. <laughs> the one, the only. Dominic Forty. Dom, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, you know, it's nice that you asked. I'm doing all right. I've been better, let's say. I've been better. Um but I won't keep us bullshitting here too much longer because we, today, before the year is up, we wanted to try to bang in at least one more anniversary episode. Uh, I don't know why I said bang in. It doesn't make any sense. Bang out bang out one more anniversary episode before the year is over. Um, and this, uh, this is the 25th anniversary this year of the Nintendo 64. So we thought we'd, uh, we'd grace you with our, uh, our thoughts on the, the one console that has a three like handle controller there's no other console that has a weird controller like that right with like three handles uh, i don't think so no i don't think anyone else would go that far yeah for whatever reason i i was trying to find a legitimate answer but apparently it was shaped that way because it resembles an m for mario but i was trying to find like a legit source that says that's why it is shaped that way which I guess is interesting if that's really why, but it's still also bizarre. Yeah, that's um, that's a stretch. That's yeah. a stretch if true. Um, but before we get into that, a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, probably 
most likely the next episode we record will be the Matrix PTC Movie Club for December, the Matrix Trilogy Rewatch episode, so you can look forward to that. And then at some point, we will also be doing a Matrix Resurrections? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Matrix Resurrections episode uh, separate from that, most likely. I mean, I guess if we end up all watching I, that, I was gonna say, we, it's like the we could do it all together. It uh, is that too long? Week. Is that like do we, do we do is that not fair? Do we do it? Do we do them separate? When is the twenty second? When does that fall on? Is it's that a Wednesday? Wednesday? Oh, cool! Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, if we want to do it that way, we could. I guess we do do like. Pro- it, I would imagine that would be at least an hour and a half. I don't know. I don't know how long. Wow. When did we be about the first three Matrix movies? But yeah, I mean, potentially it could just be all all four Matrix movies, and Mike can throw in Animatrix because did you just rewatch that too? I I was planning to rewatch it. It's actually going to be on a uh, tsunami tonight. It's going to be on television tonight, but I'm just going to watch it. Is anyone else planning on watching the Animatrix? I've already seen it, but I mean, yeah, if I have time, I'll rewatch it. All right. I mean, if 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 it'll if things work out and allow itself, then maybe we'll also mix that in. I mean, before we record the episode, we'll know if we're doing that or not, so you know I can properly. Uh, leave spoiler tags where they need to be if that is the case if people don't want certain things spoiled or whatever i don't know how close i've never seen the animatrix so i don't really know how closely aligned that is to other things but there'll at least be one matrix episode next week uh that encapsulates the three movies if not we tie them all together but we'll see uh anyways also this episode of the Bass control podcast is sponsored by our good friends at goodnight fatty from the salem massachusetts area or the north shore of massachusetts on a friday saturday sunday you want yourself something hot something sweet something tasty fresh out of the oven you can head on down to one washington square get yourself a delicious fatty and if you're unaware of what a fatty is you can check them out on social media at goodnight fatty and educate yourself on these tasty tasty treats and if you're like me you want something to get your morning going on a sunday something hot and fresh out of the oven you can still head on down to one washington square and get yourself a good morning chubby and if you don't know what that is check them out on social media at good morning chubby and if you're also like me and you don't like to leave your house for any fucking reason they'll deliver it to your door if you're in within range so check them out if you do head down let them know past the controller sent you and uh that's that Otherwise, I think that that wraps us up for housekeeping. I feel like there might be one other thing, but we can we can just move it right along as uh, the Muppets once. Still no, re- still no reviews for Matrix Resurrections. I'm curious when that embargo lifts. Has it not had a press? Has it not had press showings yet? Like, it did. It did last week. I did I? Say. I saw first. I saw initial impressions. I don't think I've sat. I don't know if there's a full review out yet. No, I don't Maybe think it, there, there was. I just didn't watch it. I didn't let read it rather. But I saw initial impressions. Good or bad, and by that, by that, I mean like I saw that they posted them, and I did not read. Oh, okay, yeah, it's two I, and a half hours. Were positive. So... It seemed okay. like the the initial reviews were positive, or initial impressions rather. Uh, sorry, Jen's dad got a new phone, and I keep getting a bunch of texts asking how to set certain things up. I'm just like, this is not <laughs> not the right time to do this over text. Um, have him join the Discord. Get him on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyways. As I said, we're going to talk about the 25th anniversary of the Nintendo 64. But before we get into the specifics, get into the games, the console itself, what was going on back in 1996, uh, I figured it'd be kind of cool to see where everyone is at. Like, uh, like I didn't get one at launch. I don't know, not 96. I was, what, seven? We're all, me, Mike, and Dom were all seven. Dom, Todd was in high school. 
I was um, 15, baby. Let's go. Um, I did not get one until Ocarina of Time came out, which I don't know what year that came didn't out. Didn't Ocarina of Time come out with it or no? I'm like going no, crazy. The yeah. Nintendo 64, which we oh. I was going to get into, I can just it's start with that. Mario 64? The Nintendo 64 launched with two games in the United States. Was was it Wave Mario Race and 64? Mario 64? No, Mario 64 and Pilot Wing 64, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. I never played Pilot games. Wings. There was one more launch game in Japan that was a game that didn't come here. Um, Ocarina of Time came out in 98, so I didn't get an Nintendo 64 until two years later. Um, but again, at that time, it's not like I had disposable income, nor did I have... Um, I don't know. I was playing other games. Yeah, or a wallet. So there was that. <laughs> uh, it was also like a family. I guess I'll just kick it off. My history with the N64 was it was like a like family gift for me and my, at the time, two brothers because uh, the twins were not uh, conceived yet. Uh, so it was a gift that we got as a family. And I believe we got Mario 64, uh, Ocarina of Time, and Goldeneye, if it was also out at the time. I think those were the three games that we got. Um, let me see when that came out. But, I mean, I I was a big... I've always loved Nintendo games and always have, like... Those are, like, my earliest time with video games was with Mario. So, like, I've always kind of clinged to and associated myself and, and looked for and, and anticipated getting, like, Mario games or, you know, Nintendo products because that's just, like, what I tied video games to um, up until like high school when I started to, you know, play more, not more, but just also play things on PlayStation and, and other uh, platforms. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, did anyone get one at launch? Did anyone get one? In I think I did. I'm pretty sure I did. No, I did not have one at launch. Um, do you, is like, do you, re oh, so Goldeneye came out a year later. Yeah. So I got, but we, we had those three games at, at when we got our N64. Um, is there any significance to the N64, Mike, in your in your youth? Uh, I mean, sort of. I didn't. I know I got it for Christmas. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure I got it for Christmas the year I lived. Uh, I must have been in fourth grade, which would have made me nine. So that would have been ninety eight. So I must have got it. Yeah, I must have also gotten mine in ninety eight. Yeah. I do think that at least the first year, according to what I've been reading, the first year of the Nintendo 64, it was very hard to obtain. So, like, it, I don't know how long that that plagued that purchasing was. one. Yeah. yeah, like, I don't know if that kept going into the into the following two years, which may have played an impact on any of us getting mm -hmm. it at 96. Yeah, but. I had a I had a friend that had it earlier than me, but I can't remember when they got it. I I. In my mind, they got it like at launch because I it was not a thing that was on my radar. I don't know what I was doing in 96, 97 or even 95, but I don't think I knew of the console's existence until it was in front of me. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I was like big on like I read I got like Nintendo Power a lot and I would read that a lot, but I didn't I don't think I started reading those until I had a Nintendo 64. Like, I, I think those kind of came at the same time for me. Um, I think prior to that, I was mostly playing, because I'm pretty sure our Super Nintendo broke and we never got a new one. Um, that's a whole different story, but my uh, brother shot it 
with a fucking water gun. Ugh. So we just never got a new one after that. Uh, really, really, really fucking heartbreaking. Um, but I think pretty much we had a, we may have had a second Genesis, and then I just played my Game Boy Pocket. Um, that's what I was doing. What about you, Dom? Any significance for the beginning of the N64 for you? Um, I had a friend that got it probably within the first year. Um, I don't think I got mine until like 99, 2000 with mm. Donkey Kong 64 and oh. uh, Majora's Mask probably. Okay. Did uh, uh so so you had played N64 before getting your own? Correct. Okay, all right. Do does does everyone know what their first N64 game they played was? Mine was Mario. Like that's that's what I played. Same. Mine was Mario. Well, so. first, yeah, the first one I played must have been Mario. But again, this would not have been mine. It would have been my friends. Yeah, which is I mean that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think I think that was at the time like games were not like that. And any any three D game that was before Mario sixty four was not anything like Mario sixty four. That kind of revolutionized uh navigating in a 3d space with at, at the time you know ahead of its time camera controls with the you know, what's fun- you know what's funny is i do remember when goldeneye came out and i was at school i might have been a sophomore or junior i can't remember in, in high school and i remember my mom went out and bought it for me but i remember i don't think you could pre-order back then i don't know what the fuck it was and i was like she lied to me and told me she didn't get it to me because i was being a little shit and then, like, halfway through, and then, like, later in the day, she opens, like, the glove compartment and was in there. And I'm just like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I played the shit out of that. I think I played that campaign, like, over and over and over again. Yeah. Uh, so, at this time, um, basically, the Nintendo 64 launched in... Let me pull up my notes. I apologize. The Nintendo 64 launched in June of 1996 for Japan and in September of 1996 for North America. And then it didn't launch until 97 for Europe and Australia. Um, but at this point, uh, the Sega Saturn, which is was, was one of their main competitors at the time, was already out for two years um, in... Japan and out for a year already in North America, while the PlayStation, which would be Sony's first foray into home consoles, came out also a year prior. So uh, both PlayStation and Sega kind of had a leg up in the race uh, that generation. And, you know, both of them were doing not only 3D capability games, but they were also both um, CD-ROM format which was part of what made nintendo 64 different in a lot of ways was a nintendo opted to stick with cartridge format which which it it created a lot of problems probably more cons than pros to be honest um like one of their reasonings supposedly from from the interviews that, that i was reading through today um, when preparing for this, one of the the quote unquote reasonings as to why they chose to stick with cartridge was that it would negate pretty much all loading times. Like because it was on a physical cartridge format, it was able to pull you know memory and game game media off of the cartridge quicker than a CD-ROM would at the time. So 
like PlayStation and Sega Saturn games had long loading times where Nintendo 64 didn't. Uh, the other was that a cartridge was more durable than a CD. So they were looking at like, you know, kids handling these things and the cartridge being more durable, even though over time uh, a cartridge can also get damaged. Um, it just wouldn't get as scratched and easily fucked up as a CD would. Um, and the other part of that would be that I think it was let, uh, Actually, no, that's wrong. It was definitely more expensive to produce cartridges, and it also took longer to produce cartridges, which led to some issues for Nintendo at the time. And the other part of it that really, this is kind of what I think started to draw a big divide for Nintendo and its competitors, was that in, in Nintendo's then going forward history of having less third-party support on their platforms, is that the cartridges were less space I believe 64 megabytes was the most that could fit on any of them, which is why the name Nintendo 64. Um, whereas CD-ROM could hold much more memory, which is why things like Final Fantasy VII, for instance, went to PlayStation and didn't come to Nintendo 64. Uh, and that would be a trend that you'd see throughout the generation where a lot of third parties would produce a lot less games for Nintendo and some just wouldn't altogether. I don't think there were many, if any, Square Enix games on the Nintendo 64. Um, so that, and, and honestly, at that point, prior to the N64, you would kind of associate Square Enix and Final Fantasy games with Nintendo. And at, at this point in the console generations, we wouldn't see Nintendo, we wouldn't see Square Enix come back to Nintendo for until, I guess, until the GameCube, which is the next platform, but it's still a long time. That's a, that's a, that's a long couple of years. And it wasn't even a proper Final Fantasy game. It was Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. So you 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 see this diversion from the numbered Final Fantasy games. Um, and that was a trend that kind of started to go down the whole route. But all of that being said, I guess, uh, what were some of your favorite games on the platform? Whoever wants to kick it off. I mean, I only had, I think myself, I think I only owned, uh, actually I owned a few games, but a lot of them I got through weird circumstances. The only games that I feel like I actually got purchased for me for like a gift were uh, Super Mario 64 and Diddy Kong Racing. So those two games, and then I had friends that had Mario Kart and Super Smash Brothers. So I believe, oh yeah, I also had Mario Party. So those five games- The first one? Much, the first one. Yeah. So those five games were like the ones I I played the most and have any real affinity to. I did play a little GoldenEye, but it was like, it wasn't a game I really cared for and it was a, you know, I'm over someone else's house, we'll play GoldenEye. Yeah. Um, but the have other five not, games I mentioned. Have you not even revisited other N64 games later though through just like playing on an N64 or uh, like virtual console or something? Um, let me think. I owned um, I owned the pod racing game, but I I think that was a game that I bought from a friend, so I didn't have any instructions or anything. I didn't really know how to play it, so I think I turned it on once. Didn't do very well. Never played it again. I had Chef's Love Shack. Um, That's a. I, I also had that game, and I don't know why, but sure. I, and I did play that a little bit. The other South Park I, game was better. The first person snowball one, yeah. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, if I were to go into... I think there was a Soul Park my, kart racing game, too. I never played it. There was. If I were to go into my drawer, my drawer over here, I do still have my N or I have N N N N N sixty four. I've got one in a drawer over here, and I think the only game I have with me is Chef's Love Shack. I'd have to double check. <laughs> that's the one game that's in there. I love that. I love that. That's the one game that survived. Right. Because when I got my GameCube, I figured, oh, I don't need my N sixty four anymore, and I gave it and the majority of my games to my sisters. Okay. All right. It's funny that I don't hold Zelda to be like one of my favorite franchises ever, Legend of Zelda, because thinking back and like the more we're talking about this, I remember my first time playing Ocarina of Time and that game fucking was just like groundbreaking to me back then. You know, like when you, it's like the open world style, you get your horse, you know, you start going and, and then like the way that, you know, Breath of the Wild hit me the same way and, and just like a different way. And it's like, I feel like I don't give Ocarina Time enough credit, even though one of my favorite Zelda games is the one, the Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. But it's so it's so weird because I, I like hold all those games to such high regards, like some of these Zelda games, and I still don't even think I bring them up that often. But but thinking back to Ocarina Time, that game fucking just blew me away back then. Um, like everything about it, just yeah. I, I just remember like you know the more I got into it, the more I was like, wow, this game's just getting fucking better and better. And I just me, I remember me and my buddy. Back then, we were just obsessed with that game, just nonstop talking about that. Mm-hmm. That, that, yeah, the, uh, the Star Wars game. I played so much of that Star Wars game. Um, I mean, there were a I couple. Think, I think you mentioned Shadow of the Empire. Shadow of the Empire. Yeah, yeah. I was literally like, that game was so fucking fun. I love that game, and obviously GoldenEye. But I mean, I feel like everyone has that GoldenEye story of four yeah. player co op. But before we get into anything else, I, I will also piggyback on Ocarina of Time because I mean, like that game, uh, obviously. For a lot of people, is considered a masterpiece. Considered one of the best get best games of all time. One of the most important games of all all time. And I would agree with all of those statements and sentiments. Um, that that game fucking changed everything for me. Like, I feel like every so often with games, there's like, oh, if I think back to my childhood, like I feel like Super Mario Brothers three is what made me like love video games. And then you get to the N sixty four, and it was like. Oh shit, like Ocarina of Time, I feel like is the thing that made me re reevaluate and think, oh yeah, I love video games. And then like I can name other moments throughout time, like Halo, Rock Band, like certain things that kind of just like, oh shit, I love video games. You get to Breath of the Wild, that's another one where it's like, fuck, like I love fucking video games. Like this like opens my eyes again and like makes me feel like I'm experiencing games again for the first time or something. Uh, and Ocarina of Time was like absolutely that. Like I, I replayed that game and played that game so fucking much uh, to the point where when for some people, the better Zelda game of the of the of the console, which I don't know where I stand fully. I think I still have to say Ocarina of Time, even though I do love Majora's Mask when Majora's Mask got announced. And when that game was like leading up to coming out, there was a promo in Nintendo Power that if you like reserved your game through Nintendo, Nintendo Power or whatever. I forget how you had to do it. You could get like a gold cartridge and that's that was the cartridge I got at the time. Um like I like mailed in to fucking like mailed a check to fucking Nintendo or whatever. Like however that worked. And uh like I vividly remember I think I must have been in sixth grade or seventh grade, I think, when that game came out. And when it came in the mail, I remember the day it arrived at my house and my mom was like, you need to finish all of your homework before you can play this game. And I can't even tell you how quickly I 
decided that like nope this is when i'm gonna say fuck school and just write down like gibberish and nonsense and not read anything and say i read everything and just make up answers and just go and i need to play zelda fucking immediately uh yep video games they're great uh, wait what was, what was the second zelda that came out on it called again Major, um, majora's mask that that's one of the two mainline zelda games i've never played i've just never played majora's mask i've never played uh the remake that just came out recently. Those are like the only two mainline yeah. ones I've never played. Sword. I mean, yeah. I'll let Dom take Majora's Mask because I know it's his, I believe it's his favorite Zelda game. So I, I also have the gold cartridge. Hell yeah. Um, I also have the do yellow you, Donkey Kong cartridge. Which do you have I your, if... I know I have your Pokemon Snap in Smash. Do I have your Zelda or is it my Zelda? I don't know. I'm not sure. I believe that you have my, um, what was the thing that they made so that you could play DK the the expansion the pack? expansion pack? I think I have two of them, yeah. so I probably have yours. Yeah. Um, yes, Majora's Mask. I I think I have your Mega Man GameCube collection too. Okay. Just, never getting that back. For never getting it back. He can have it whenever he wants. It's on the shelf. <laughs> that, has, that has nothing to do with this episode, but I know. But um, I was thinking of of games that are at my house that are yours. Um, there is a Mega Man game for N64. Legends? I never played yeah. it. It was... I mean, I liked it. Um, it introduced... Uh, uh, what was her name? Von Bon? Yes, uh, Tron, Tron Bone? Tron Bon? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Majora's Mask is my... I guess I have more like memories with it. I don't I I would say it's probably my favorite Zelda game. I will say that there's probably bias in that cuz I have more memories with it. But yeah. um I mean I re- remember I don't know how many like printer pages I wasted printing out like all the instructions on how to do the Kaffee uh mask missions and like all the ones that were like timed where you like had to get everything just right. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many like copies of like printer pages I wasted, like trying to get all the masks done. Oh, it released in 2000. The wonder why I didn't play it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was was later in the console. Yeah. It was towards the end of the console's life. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. I was definitely done with Nintendo at that point. Cube came out in 2002, I think. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. 2001, 2002. Yeah. That sounds right. Oh, wait. Yeah, probably 2001. Because was the game. Did we do a GameCube episode recently? I think we did. 20th anniversary. Yeah. So yeah it came out in 2001. Um, another weird game that I have, like, I don't. I almost bet that nobody else here played that I used to, like, rent from the video store all the time um, Space Station Silicon Valley. I never played that game, and for some reason, I always wanted to play that game. Yeah. I couldn't tell you anything about that game. I don't though. think I played it. I you know. played as like uh, an alien that was like could turn into a microchip, and you could jump into like robot animals. Yeah, I definitely didn't play this game. It was I. I just I remember having so much fun. I remember like <laughs> renting it like for like months at a time. Yeah, that that's the thing for me too. Like I probably this generation, other than like more than any other generation of games, at least for me personally, this is like when I was at the video store whenever my parents would let me go. Like, it was like, I'm going to rent Clay Fighters. I'm going to rent fucking... Oddly enough, I didn't actually own 
Super Smash Brothers 64 until way, way later. I would make, so we never went to Blockbuster. I don't think we had a Blockbuster in our town. We had like a family video store called Sully's Video, which is not there anymore. That hasn't been there in a long time, obviously. Um, is that the one on the corner there? It was like on right a corner. The square? Uh, kind of, yeah. Not far from the square, yeah. yeah. Why did you go to that too? No. no. It, it was. <laughs> no, no way. Uh, no, we had, one, we had one in Malden right at the called Sully's. No, oh, the blockbuster. What family video? Uh, you're yeah, talking about a blockbuster, but it oh, was Ryan, a family video at the time. Ryan family amusement video. No, uh, the one yeah. that that was a diagonally across from the Papaginos, like behind MC. Oh, that was, um, wasn't that Hollywood, Hollywood video? video? No, that wasn't Hollywood video. Hollywood video was in the plaza. Is in the plaza. So oh. the one that you're talking about, I'm pretty sure it was called Family Video. I think oh, I know. No, it's it's called, it was like uh, video, by itself, right? Like it was just yeah, like yeah. in the middle there. Yeah. I probably if if I look hard enough, I can probably find my uh my membership card. Jesus. That's kind of crazy. Um, I have movie yeah. stubs off topic from like fucking like 1990s, like that I saved. I saved cool. like all my movies. Like good movies or no? Oh yeah, like everything that came out. Like I have like I, I have like everything that I saw back then. Like literally frame, every movie. If it's like a cool movie, you should frame it or something. I think my buddy, my I think Dougal actually frame. He did because me and him used to save them all the time, and he has like a, a bulletin board of every movie ticket he's ever seen. And I, like that's pretty awesome. cool. That is really cool, actually. I have most of my movie stubs from like high school. I will have to go home and check it out and see what I have. Like because back when there was like three movie theaters just around like the Danvers Peabody area. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, I I didn't own Smash until way later. I would I would like rent Smash every fucking week. Like the amount of money we spent renting Smash, I I'm assuming we probably could have bought that game like two or three times. Yeah, just right. It's constantly all I when that game came out, that game fucking blew me away. That fucking changed fighting games for me. Like I still liked and played fighting games back then, but I don't think I really ever cared about fighting games until Smash. Like I played Street Fighter two, I played Mortal Kombat three. Like those were probably the two more notable fighting games prior to Smash that I had played. But it wasn't until Smash Brothers that I was like, oh, I like I actually really like f- at least this fighting game. Um, and then that love for fighting games, I think, sorted grew when when I got a Dreamcast and I had games like Marvel vs. Capcom and uh, Power Stone, and then Marvel vs. Capcom two, obviously. So that's really what you needed to do to get me into fighting games was to make ma- mashups, just make crossovers. That's all you needed to do is to get me to care. And then I'd start caring about everything else. Um, but yeah, Smash was a big one for me. Um, that, that game, obviously, y- you also have to look at like the N64 for like what it was. It like kind of ushered in so many new franchises and new things for a lot of people. Like it, it took obviously for a lot of reasons bringing things into 3d it took a lot of games that were traditionally like top down or side scrolling and made them into different types of games um which was obviously novel at the time and a big deal um it also sort of changed like the naming convention that nintendo would then continue to use with like here here's mario 64 donkey Kong 64 super we talked that they did that before. They started that in the Super Nintendo. That's true, actually. Everything was super blank. Um, but I guess this was just them continuing that. Uh, anyway. So, never mind. I'm a fucking idiot. But yes, 
Um, I mean, it it was them proving that they were just going to continue to do that. To do that, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess for for Super, Super Mario Kart, Mario Kart sixty four, yeah, was the was the one for the Wii called? It was called one. Mario Kart Wii. Was it? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, right, Mike. Ma- I don't check? know Mario Kart DS at yeah. least. Mario Kart DS, yeah, Mario, Mario Kart, Kart Wii. Wii. Yeah, yeah, I think it was called Mario Kart Wii. Um, which. In retrospect, maybe they should have named more games with the title Wii in it because it probably would have sold fucking gangbusters because the Wii is is what it was. Um, but like other things too, like I had never really played a first person shooter prior to GoldenEye, and I think that's the case for a lot of people. Like GoldenEye was kind of like, here is a first person shooter game that you're gonna like and care about. Um, which the thing that stinks the most is that I feel like once you get into early 3D era games. When you go back to them now, they are so bad, which is just it's not a fault on the game. It's just like 3D space at the time was so hard to develop and and navigate. And we've come so much farther from then that like. I've definitely played Goldeneye probably at some point while I was in college, but like I don't think I would ever want to play Goldeneye again. I need Goldeneye to live as a fun memory in my brain, because I feel like if I went and played it now, I'd be like, no, I'm good with this. I'm good with moving with the C buttons. Like, I don't need to do that. All polygons. The graphics aren't what bother me. It's the controls. Like, if I'm remembering it correctly, you would move, move forward, back, left, and right with the joystick, but you'd turn with the C buttons, which... That sounds like a fucking nightmare right now. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember how that all worked out. I, I feel like it wasn't an issue back then, but I, yeah, no, like it wasn't was, because that was there was nothing else to yeah. compare it to. There was no two. There was there wasn't two joystick controllers. Like that wasn't a thing that existed. The C buttons basically evolved into a second joystick. That's what they did. I believe C button. I believe that name means camera buttons. I think that's what it was developed for for the N sixty four. It was like. These are the buttons you're going to use to control the camera to navigate in a 3D space. And then they just kept calling it, with the GameCube, the C-Stick. Because it was basically the same function. Um, Like, think about what the right stick does for you in most games. Like, Halo, it moves the camera. Like, it moves your vision, not your character. Um, But yeah, I mean, you get Mario 64, which is one of the rare... uh, old past some of the some of the obviously like you know tougher parts of that control scheme i think it still holds up pretty well um but i mean that game fucking blew my socks off at the time like th- there was not anything i've ever experienced like that um it, it that was just a complete game changer i mean some it of the most the whole like, formula you know it, like it yeah broke, of, of what mario was expected as you know like Plus, like you, you look back to it at Mario games, and it's like you're you get to walk around in Peach's courtyard and like go in the castle. Like that's fucking. Yeah, that castle is like that castle is like the 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 craziest part about that game. Like yeah. the, how you start off there and just jumping into the paintings and like yeah. how that is and, like. And, and that's the other thing too is like you're jumping into paintings. Like it's just such a such right. a bizarre concept that like is so good and like I couldn't think of that game any other way. Like, could you imagine right. if that game was like? you're on an overworld and picking a level and just going into it. Yeah. It it would not be the same fucking game in any way. Um, 
I still think Mario 64 is the best 3D platform out there. I think maybe 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 Dom might disagree with Donkey Kong or Banjo. I don't know if if you no, want to. I would still probably say Mario is is a better game. I mean, again, I have more memories with DK 64, but yeah, I would love to see um, Donkey, Donkey Kong, Kong get. Just get a get a, get a new yeah get a game. I was right. gonna say I think the last two Donkey Kong games were phenomenal, and I think they if they kept up with them, they could definitely be a rival franchise for Mario because I think the games are fucking amazing. Like the Tropical Freeze and the one before that, yeah, are incredible games. Like really, uh, really good games. The one before that is just called Donkey Kong Country Returns. That's what um, it is. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, those games are fantastic. But I, I also think that I think Donkey Kong could could also be a could get both it could get 2d 3d like that Donkey Kong 64 i mean i haven't replayed it so i don't know maybe it's rose tinted glasses but that game was fucking good too like that was a really good game um i've never played donkey Kong 64 i don't think maybe i'm going crazy here. i gotta check it, it was a good game i mean you could play as the was it four characters or five uh, donkey kong diddy kong chunky Tiny. lanky oh yeah i, I definitely Tiny, never played blanky chunky so five, I mean, it was like interesting because everyone had different like po- like powers and guns and abilities and stuff. So you had to like kind of choose Kongs and switch out and stuff to to like solve puzzles and fully collect levels. Um, they all have their own instruments. Yeah, um, DK rap. I mean, classic, iconic. Um, Banjo Kazooie is one of those ones where I don't rem- I don't remember when I first played Banjo. I definitely never. I don't think I ever owned Banjo. I honestly may not have ever played banjo until right, high school at your house Dom? no maybe oh. high school at your house um i I'm rented it think... i remember hating it i did not like it. i liked the music i think that was it but i fucking yeah. did not like the game i like banjo i just i didn't just i didn't get the, the chance to actually play it i don't think until much later because i'm trying i i never owned banjo and i'm trying to think of if someone i knew growing up had it and i don't think so i think it was it wouldn't have been until high school at Dom's I think my brain. Okay. I think my brain was like, "This is a Mario sixty four ripoff back then." Like, I, I felt like, you know, I'm like, "What is this? What are yeah. they doing here?" I mean, um, I don't think I ever was, gave it a chance. It was a clone of DK sixty four, but yeah, yeah. Um, there. So there was like, it's funny. I I won't say who this person is, but someone from my childhood. I used to. I mean, I was friends with them and I hung out with them for hanging out with Yo, them because I wanted to blast, as well. But I, I used to also sometimes when I would like go over this person's house after school or something, like I never owned Donkey Kong Country growing up, but they had Donkey Kong Country. So whenever we'd go there, I'd always be like, hey, can we like play Donkey Kong for a little while? <laughs> so like I'd always want to play that game. And then back in the N64 times, like they had Kirby and the Crystal Shards and I never owned that game. So every time like I slept over their house or like went over there, I remember vividly staying up very late while they were asleep and just playing Kirby and the Crystal Shards <laughs> because I didn't fucking have the game. And I was like, I want to play this great. fucking game really bad. Um, Rogue Squadron was another game I don't think I ever owned, but I like would play that over a friend's house often. It was um, a rent game for me too. Yeah. I don't remember. Like, I remember... Um, Rep... Rebel Squadron or whatever the GameCube one was. I forget what it's called. It was not called Rogue Squadron. It was called either Rogue something else or like Rebel Squadron or something. Um, uh, GameCube. 
I think it might have been a launch title or a launch window game for the GameCube. Yeah, there's definitely know. one for GameCube. But I did have that game, but I I can't re- I can't remember like if Rogue Squadron was a good game or it, not. It I'm was, sure it was. One of the battle was, fronts on GameCube? No, I don't uh, think so. I don't think so either. It was Rebel Strike on GameCube. Okay. Um I mean, I had a lot of fun with the Mario Party games. Like, Mario Party 1, 2, and 3 are probably still my favorite Mario Party games. I mean, nostalgia aside, I just think they have a good mix of board games and a good mix of mini games. Um, I'm surprised none of us bought the the new Mario Party. It's supposed to be pretty good if you want, like, a kind of a jolt of old Mario Party. If anyone else buys it, I will buy it to play it online. I I know, I feel the same way. It it seems like a game that I would, like, you know how you guys are like, oh, download Halo and... We'll play. Yeah, like, I'll actually download this one. Play it. If <laughs> if we all, if everyone else got Mario Party, I might be inclined to also get Mario Party. You know what? I mean, maybe I'll get. You know what? I'll, maybe I'll, I'll do get it. it for Liam. I'll get it for Liam for Christmas. I'll get like a physical copy, and I'll I, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll get it for Liam for Christmas too. But I'll just keep it here and I'll play it. <laughs> yeah, right. That's my reason for buying it. I told I told him I'd get him a game, and I'm not gonna fucking waste it on Pokemon Snap Trash. So like, I'll get him fucking. I'll get him Pokemon some Mario Snap Party. It's fun. Does he want that game? No, he said that's the dumbest thing he's ever seen. He's like, wait, you just take pictures? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, buddy. Bro, you love photo mode in games. What do you mean? <laughs> um, speaking of Pokemon Snap, a good segue. Pokemon Snap, uh, fucking fantastic game on the N64. I fucking love that game. I can still, like, all, all the time, I will still, like, in my head, make the Professor Oak noises when, like, I'm like, oh. Like, I'll do that in my head. No, you do it out loud, too. Yeah, I do. Um... But no one knows why I'm doing it. But there you go. Now you know why I'm doing it. But but that was great. I mean, Mario Tennis was fine. I didn't, I mean, I'm sure it was a fine game, but like I didn't love it. Like I did Mario Golf. I had a lot of fun with um, the first Mario Golf game. Yoshi's Story is a game that I love, but I don't really think that's that good of a game. But I, I can't remember which one was on the N64. Yoshi's Story was was not a good game, but it was a game that I love. Um, I mean, 2D platformer, you could switch out colors of Yoshi's. Um, it was basically like every Yoshi game since then, this is like the model they use. Because the Yoshi's Island for the Super Nintendo was like Baby Mario one. Um, Pokemon Stadium, I I liked for the minigames. The minigames were really fun, and it was cool at the time to see your Pokemon in 3D and being able to use them to battle people. Um. I had some fun with that. Jet Force Gemini is a game that I played that I feel like no one else ever knows about when I talk about it. Am I the only person that played Blast Corps? Because I feel like that's a game I rented like I over and over and over. I, I, that's a, that was a blockbuster game that I would always rent. What was it? To be honest with you, man, I can like vaguely remember it. I just remember like you're just blowing up shit the whole time and like bulldozers and fucking trucks and everything. I can't remember what the I gotta watch like some gameplay on it to see what the hell it was. I um another game that I never owned, but I would either rent or someone I someone I knew also had it. Turok. Yeah, I, I might have had Turok too at some point, but I don't think I owned the first Turok, but I played a lot of that game. The first time Turok I played a game. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, no, I was going to say Turok was another game that I think my friend had that I didn't play, but I think I just I was just over and would watch them play. Yeah, like um, oh, Doom. Shit. Glover 
We never talked about fucking Glover. We never talked about, about Glover. I didn't did play a lot of Glover. Glover. I played a lot of Glover at other people's houses. Yeah. Gex I never owned not... it, but yep, and Gex. Gex. Both <laughs> games that I never owned, but I probably beat it at other people's houses. Gex, I think I owned on PlayStation, so you know, whatever. Mm. I don't know. I don't know what the differences are between the two games. I'm sure there were some some differences. Better jokes, way better jokes. Yeah, be- better writing on the PlayStation version. Um, the first time I ever played a Doom game was Doom 64. I didn't own it. I played it at a friend's house, and I never wanted to go near Doom again for a long time. I was like, no, nah, I'm good with this shit. Uh, fucking centaurs chasing me with chainsaws or whatever. I'm good. Um, 1080 snowboarding. That was another one I played a ton of. I don't think I ever owned 1080. Oh my goodness. You know what I did play a lot of though that I have to bring up here because this game is like probably one of the things I sunk the most time into, which is a is just a classic in my mind. I don't know if other people feel the same way, but Cruising USA. I played so much of that fucking <laughs> yeah, Oh, that was on 64. That too. Yeah. I can't remember. Cruising. Yeah. Fucking just what a what a dumb silly arcade racing game that was just. I need to find that song right now. Was just fucking. Yeah, it was right. just good. It was just a good I played that in the game. arcade. All, that was at like like Nick's roast beef and Beverly all the time. Like I would fucking play that like nonstop. Everywhere that game was always everywhere cruising. Yeah, I, I will shout out um, two games that I feel like are gems on the N sixty four that not a lot of people have played. Um, Bomberman 64, which was a really fun single player game and a really good, excuse me, really fun multiplayer game. And then my, the one I liked more of the two, at least for single player stuff, Bomberman Hero, which was like another like good single player Bomberman game, which I fucking miss Bomberman. Like Bomberman. A good Bomberman. That, that Switch one was just didn't cut it. Like. I didn't get through much of the single player and like the, yeah. the multiplayer is fine, but like, I don't know. Not the like, same thing. It just, no. it just worked better back in the day. It just, yeah. It just needs something to tighten it up a little bit. Like it, mm-hmm. like the Bomberman multiplayer doesn't need to be complex. It just needs to be tight. No. Yeah. Agreed. And I feel like this, the Bomber, super Bomberman R, which was the most recent game, uh, which was a switch. I think it was a switch launch title, but then it came out on PlayStation and Xbox, yeah. uh, as well. Um, just it just didn't do it for me for some reason. Oh. But like Bomberman 64 and Bomberman Hero were great fucking games to the point where like I had like a brief period of time where like Bomberman was one of my favorite games. Like between Hero 64 and then on the GameCube there was a game called Bomberman Generations. Like I fucked hard with Bomberman. Like the, the so, multiplayer mode was like some of my favorite multiplayer. Like Bomberman multiplayer, yeah. like the so yeah, much I, fun. I, so much fun. Um, to the point the where the glove throwing the bomb over the wall, fucking oh, trapping yeah. people, like all that shit. Yeah. To the point where, like, honestly, one of the saddest things about Smash for me was when Bomberman did not make it as a character, just because I feel like, yeah, I feel like Bomberman's so iconic. Yeah, I'm actually maybe. Yeah, that's weird. I had I had a Bomberman game on my Game Boy that was really fucking good. I think it was called Bomberman Adventure, maybe, or just maybe Bomberman DX or something, but. I there was a period of time where I fucked heavily with Bomberman. I love you Bomberman. Fucked, you fucked Bomberman? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? Two weeks left. Um so Bomberman's another unsung game that I, I had a lot of time with on the N sixty four that I really fucking love those games. Uh and then Perfect Dark. I mean we I know we talked about uh Goldeneye a lot and Goldeneye is 
is also another like super important impactful game for me growing up but i personally like perfect dark better and i liked some of the like bro if you're making that face you didn't play perfect dark no i mean perfect dark dark came out later in the like cycle of that so like i wasn't I only thing I liked about Perfect Dark was the gun that could shoot through walls, that you could like see someone yeah. and just fucking. But yeah, I played some multiplayer of that. I remember in college, my freshman year, I played a good amount of uh, Perfect Dark multiplayer. It was fun, but you, know, you didn't no, gold get out of here. They're both made by Rare. <laughs> They're essentially the same fucking game. But Perfect Dark had so many ridiculous guns. The laptop gun, which was literally just like a oh, laptop I forgot about you threw that. down yeah. and turn into a fucking yep. turret. Like that game was so fucking good. Um. Both of those games are good. Perfect Dark and uh, whatchamacallit? Goldeneye. Goldeneye. Uh, fantastic games, which made me care about first-person shooters. Um, I will say I have a soft spot for Star Fox 64. I'm not like a big Star Fox stan, but I do like Star Fox 64. No, I like 64 as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, like the only, it's like the only one I played, I feel like. Mm-hmm. There was, uh, you know, what was interesting about the N64 at the time compared to its contemporaries, the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation was that it had four ports for controllers. So it was like a, it was like a console that was meant to play multiplayer games on. And I think that they kind of catered to that a lot, at least Nintendo did with, with their first party offerings. I mean, you look at games like perfect dark GoldenEye, which those were for, those were made by rare. So at the time they were exclusive games for, for those, for the N64, all the Mario Party games, all the Mario sports games, Mario Kart, which we didn't really talk about. And Mike brought up Diddy Kong Racing, but didn't really talk about it. I don't know if you want to talk about Diddy Kong Racing or not, Mike, but there's a lot of Diddy Kong, Kong sickos out there. Racing. A lot of Diddy Kong I'm, sickos out there. Amanda still has her Nintendo 64 for Diddy Kong Racing. That's like the game that like stands out to her for Nintendo 64. She was obsessed with Diddy Kong. I never played Diddy Kong Racing. I never played it. Um... Yeah, Diddy Kong Racing is great. I mean, I will be on the record and say that I personally prefer Mario Kart 64 to Diddy Kong Racing, but Diddy Kong Racing is also a great game. Do, do, does anyone else have a definitive take on those two games? I never played Diddy, so I can't oh, I'm bad, Joe. You, you know what I'm thinking about right now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe it's because I did what, not have a little, any strong... A little racism? <laughs> just a smidge of racism but if you ignore uh taj uh so maybe it's because i have no real um affinity to not that's the wrong terminology but essentially mario kart i played and i'm familiar with the characters but i don't think i have like any strong feelings about the characters what I'm getting at is just thinking about the character select screen for Diddy Kong Racing. All those characters had like personality to them when you pick them. It's like, yeah, I'm My so, I don't really. And know. then with Mar- with Mario Kart, I think you didn't need that because I I assume for most people, if you're picking up the games, like yeah, I know these guys. I just need them to go. I'm Luigi. Wahoo! Or do a death oh, 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 number one. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will say I never really looked into it, but all of those characters, aside from Conker, who also had a Nintendo 64 game. Um, and, and. Wait, Conker was Banjo. in Diddy Kong Racing? Uh, so I, I, sorry, I thought Banjo was just a given. I didn't know yeah. I needed to explain Banjo. You said uh, aside from, and then you okay, did right, Banjo. All right, fair, fair, fair. Uh, aside from those characters, were all of those other characters created for Diddy Kong Racing? I believe so. 
That was my it, assumption. I it even... would have been interesting if we got more game. Like, wh- where's the where's the timber game at? Like, I would play a timber game. Like, where are these games at? Do these I'm characters some... ever show up anywhere else? Like, like, they ever show up in Banjo or or Conquer or anything? I don't know. Like, what about fucking drumstick? I had to go through hoops to get drumstick. I'm drumstick. I'm drumstick. Uh, fun <laughs> fun fact: the first I'm crunch. The first beat that Dom made back in the rap days was a fucking was a fucking banjo it was a fucking diddy kong racing rip he flipped a fucking diddy kong oh, racing sample mike the the <laughs> tt's thing yeah TT's uh, thing. i still have it somewhere it, on my it, laptop it, it it was a it, it was, was a banger good beat. that was a fucking banger um i just have to listen to tt's theme real quick yeah I don't think I ever personally unlocked TT. What did you have to do? Beat Neither all of the, You have to beat all the time trial. Yeah, I think you do all the time, trial. Yeah, I think all you do time, trial, trial. yeah, no, I couldn't do that. Not investing that. But I also don't think I ever owned Diddy Kong Racing. I own Diddy Kong Racing now as an adult, but at the time, I think that was a rent game I never owned. Um, I owned it, and I did. I actually beat it. I know I unlocked like the the last, the hidden. Um, not course. What do you would what would you call it? You know, like there was the Dino oh. Domain, and like there was like those four different like areas, and yeah. there was a fifth one, um, the space place, whatever it's called. I know I unlocked it, but I don't know if I actually beat the game mm-hmm. after that. Um, another like game that i spent a lot of time with on the n64 that i do want to mention before we wrap things like get towards the end here but uh gauntlet legends i don't know if anyone else played gauntlet legends but like so i, it I played a that shit ton of that game because like i played a shit ton of the i played a shit ton of the nest gauntlet game like i like okay. was obsessed with that game i never knew there was a gauntlet legends until like much later in my life and i'm like fuck i never played that gauntlet 64 64 is so good and then uh, on the gamecube i think it was a gamecube i don't think it was an sc4 i think it was gamecube gauntlet dark legacy i played both of those games a lot like that gauntlet come on that's that's a game i would like to see come out of nowhere and just fucking get a return to i feel like if the right developer made a just good four player online or local co-op like just easy like kind of like beat up rpg that we could trans like keep our character progress and like play together i feel like it could do well that's what i'm saying like yeah they could totally transition that to like updated and i don't know if you did you guys ever play the nest gauntlet that game was fucking chaos like um, in like the craziest way like it was it was in such a good way like it was just, it's just like the top down one right top down yeah, 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 yeah yes yep. i played it i didn't play yeah. it back then i, I played it later i remember being game, obsessed but, with that game but i remember that game being so hard yeah Gauntlet Legends and Gauntlet Dark Legacy were very, very fun games. Again, don't know, don't know of all the games we talked about. I don't know how many of these still hold up to today's standards. Um, would be fun now, but uh, Gauntlet was was a good fucking time, and I spent a lot of time with that game. Um, there oh, was it actually. I bet you that game holds up. I'm just looking at pictures of it right now, and it looks fucking good. Yeah. Um. So. <sighs> As as I had kind of alluded to and said at the top, uh, you know, the N sixty four was a critical success. I mean, we talked about a lot of iconic games that sort of kind of shaped the future of video games in a lot of ways. You look at games like Mario sixty four, Goldeneye, 
Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask. Like you look at some of these games and they've sort of moved games forward and sort of became a blueprint for a lot of other things going forward. Um, And without those games, I mean, who knows what the future of gaming would have looked like after that if if a lot of that stuff didn't exist. But, uh, you know, the the commercial response for the N64 was not great. And this was like the the real kind of start to to the shift in the gaming industry where like Sega was getting a much bigger foothold. Sony was coming in and making a bigger PlayStation bigger had the head start too, right? They were out like two years before the 64. Wasn't uh, it? I believe the PlayStation came out a year before and the Sega Saturn was out two years prior. So like they, you, both of them had a head start. I think the PlayStation killed the, the 64 because it had like so many more adult based games that it launched with where like it got like probably different crowds of people that were like, Oh shit. Like, you know, yeah. resident evil, like, well, I don't know if Siphon Filter was like a, an early launch title, but like even like the Tomb Raider games and mm-hmm. shit like that, like it was just like, it was for everyone where like, you know, and I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Nintendo's not for everyone, but um, I don't know. Like, yeah, it just seemed like more like, you know, I'm looking at Silent Hill, Final Fantasy, yeah. like all that I, shit. I think, I think a part of it was less about necessarily, I mean, I don't know. I could see Nintendo at the time saying maybe they don't want some of those mature games on their platform. Um, but also, I think a big part of it was it was cartridge versus CD-ROM. It was more expensive, I believe, to develop for Nintendo than it was to develop for PlayStation and Sega Saturn. The CD-ROMs could hold more memory so they could make bigger games. I, I think that was the deciding factor in Square Enix not putting Final Fantasy VII on Nintendo and moving to PlayStation was simply the game they wanted to make wouldn't fit on a cartridge. So you and, and i'm pretty sure final fantasy 7 was two discs todd it was it was three maybe so if, it could yeah, have been so, three. If, so if it was two or three discs on a playstation cd-rom then that means it would have been like i don't know 10 cartridges on, on a nintendo 64 it just it just wasn't gonna work that way so i think you saw a lot of developers sort of either just not straight up not developing for nintendo at the time or picking and choosing which games went where and that definitely played a role if you look at the the overall like console sales you know after the fact i'm pulling these numbers just straight off of wikipedia here um the the playstation uh as of as of now you know they they're sitting at around a little over 102 million units sold uh the sega saturn which i don't think did that well uh, i don't think you know, i know any single person i never touched the sega saturn i don't know I, I never played like that's like a avoided gaming that i never i don't know anything about i didn't touch anything with that so one of the things that used to happen for like holidays, like Christmas for me and my siblings was that like my parents and like in my parents' siblings, if they got us like a quote unquote big gift, they would like share, they would like group buy us like a video game thing. And mm. one year we got a Sega Saturn. Oh, really? you had one? Oh, wow. Okay. I can't even tell you what you played <laughs> more than three games i played on that i never had that i should look into saturn bomberman actually i think saturn yeah. bomberman is a very hard game to get um i know we had mist which i must have been like fucking you must have hated eight. that game when I yeah that is that yeah game. of course i, 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 I liked it when i was like when i was like 10 or 11 i played yeah, it on same. pc though 
Same. Yeah, I don't know. I, all I could know is like, fuck Mist, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> we had some. I just, sub- I just downloaded it for Xbox. Listen, I as an adult, I'll pl- I'll fuck around with Mist a little bit, but at, at, at eight, I'm, I got Mario jumping on Goombas. What the fuck is Mist? Get the fuck out of here. Um, you must have had Marvel versus Street Fighter, right? I uh, no, I did not own that. I really? played that in the arcade. That was a Sega Saturn. That yeah. was oh, wow. We did not own a lot of games for Saturn. Maybe we didn't actually get a Saturn as a gift, and maybe my uncle gave it to us. Regardless, we had a Saturn at some point for a brief period of time, and I can't. Other than, other than, uh, Mist, and there was some submarine game that we had. I I couldn't tell you what it's called, but it was like a submarine shmup. And then we may have had, if there was a time crisis game, we may Virtual have gotten. Cop? Virtual Cop, we had that. And did you have those Sonic 3D Blast? I did not have Sonic 3D Blast. Was that a Sega CD game or was that a Sega Saturn game? It was, I think it was a Genesis game that got a Sega Saturn port. Okay. Um, th- this is what I hate the most about the Sega yes, Saturn G- Genesis, Mega Drive, Yo, and Before Sega you go Saturn. on, X Men Children of Adam looks like a fucking amazing game. That was for Sega Saturn. That looks fucking incredible. I think it that may have also been game, an right? ar- arcade game too. Yeah. All of yeah. the X-Men fight arcade games I've played. I haven't played them on home console, though. But Dude, this the is... amount of characters. There's like 50-something characters in that game. It's insane. Th- this is the thing that I that resonates in my brain the most about the Sega Saturn. And then we can move on from Sega Saturn. This is an N64 episode. I know. I we've know. talked about Sega Saturn for 10 minutes. <laughs> the, the like one game that I remember getting for the Sega Saturn was a game called Bouncer, where I don't even know what kind of game it was. I have never played this game. I got this game, Bouncer. You were a basketball. Nice. It was a game for Sega CD, and I got it for Christmas for our Sega Saturn. You can't play (laughs) Sega CD games on the Sega Saturn. I couldn't even fucking tell you how much... A, the game Bouncer will live in my brain forever as a thing I wanted to play that can't play, and B, because of that, will never look further into what Bouncer is because I just don't want to know. It's a thing that will exist as like my parents were trying to do a nice thing and didn't know any better. I can't obviously, I'm not mad at them. That's ridiculous. I'm just like, it's just a funny anecdote from my childhood for Sega making two consoles very close together that were very confusing to consumer parents buying video games they didn't know and someone in a store, probably like a Sears or a fucking Kmart, was like yeah, this will play on this, and they bought that. Fuck Bouncer. Parents got bamboozled. They fuck got bamboozled. Bouncer. I actually should watch a video on what Bouncer actually is, but fuck Bouncer. But for that reason, that's like a weird game that will live in this like space in my brain for that reason. Um, I one other Sega Saturn game I can remember that we owned was, I think it was called NBA College Hoops, maybe, which was obviously my brother's game because I don't give a fuck about Donnie Duck College Hoops. Um, but yeah, so the Sega Saturn sold uh just shy of ten million, and then the N sixty four just shy of thirty three million. So if you look at its contemporaries. I mean, it obviously outsold the Sega Saturn, but the Sega, at this time, I think Sega was kind of 
not dying. sure what they were trying to do. They weren't dying. I mean, the Dreamcast would come, which obviously didn't do well. Um, it actually sold less than the Saturn, surprisingly. Um, More like the, That's for sure. Um, yeah. And way better games. Um, yeah. But the PlayStation, you know, remains... Uh, I mean, this clearly is not a super up-to-date list because the Switch is not where it should be on here. Um, but the legacy consoles are, are pretty accurate, I would imagine. So the PlayStation sits in the top. Yeah, I can't I can't imagine that anybody's buying N64s or Sega Saturns right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that in on this list, at least, the, the PlayStation's at number five. It, that means it would probably be number six or maybe, maybe number seven, um, given like 3DS Switch sales and stuff. And I don't know, I guess PS4 would also bump it down too. So um, regardless, um, you know, it, PlayStation sold it almost three three and a half times more than what what the n64 sold so sony made a dent and nintendo 64 you know made arguably a misstep whether it may which which when you look back at it think about all the software we talked about all the iconic games all the games we all have a really big appreciation for um important games to gaming at whole but this the 64 didn't do well commercially Means it's, that it's, it's the wild, Game and Watch man. outsold N64. That's, I mean, that's kind of not surprising though. Just at the time the Game and Watch was out, but it's, I, it's wild that they I went guess. back to back with like GameCube and 64 with like just bad sales for Nintendo. But they had some like great games on those consoles. It's, it's wild to me. The the thing the thing with Nintendo, I think overall is even when their when their consoles don't do well, Nintendo made software has a high attach rate so like yeah they only sold 30 whatever i said 30 33 ish million of the n64 let's just type in super mario 64 sales 12 million so almost half the user base bought that game so like and that's not even really good when you look at like the switch the attach rate is like bonkers so there was a point there was a point some in of the those numbers switch are going to be skewed because didn't some consoles come with Super Mario 64. Yeah, but I mean that's that's yeah, still I, I'm just yeah. That that I mean that plays that a role. Affects, that, plays that affects role. the numbers, but still, yeah. But also like who's buying a Mar- who's buying think, a 64 and not buying think, Mario 64? I think my console came with DK64 when I bought it. Okay. Yeah. Which a game like DK64, I would say like that might skew the number more, but like Who's buying a 64 and necessarily not buying or interested in Mario? Yeah. Um, I mean, you could say the same thing about Super Mario World. I believe for a long time, yeah, those are the Mario games that, World those was are the, the pack-in title. Those are the games that you buy. Those are the, yeah, those are the, the games that you buy the console for. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, so, like, Nintendo usually makes good return on their, ga- on their developed games because and the cost they have a down. They have high attach rate, and the cost seemingly, for some reason, never goes down. Um, Actually, this generation feels like the first one where we're seeing... I know. Switch games seem like they're actually getting discounts. And, and, we're, saying, and, they're, and we're saying that when they're going from 60 to 40. Like, that's, like I know. you see games on the right. other, like, third party or other platforms that are going down to, like, $15. And it's like, no, Nintendo went down to $44. I gotta buy, I gotta buy this. Yeah, right. A fucking banger like uh, Battle and Wonderworld I just bought for $15. Like, how do, oh, how do they let that slip? That's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you look at, like, 
like I said, a lot of the iconic, like, literally iconic titles like Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, Goldeneye, Majora's Mask, iconic video games, uh, and the console didn't do well, I would have to imagine it was in part due to Nintendo deciding to stick with cartridge, which mostly just alienated other third-party developers from developing for Nintendo, which then probably changed the consumer mindset of, oh, everyone's telling me I gotta play this Final Fantasy game. I can't play it on a Nintendo. I gotta play it over here. There's a fucking Butterfinger commercial for Final Fantasy VII with Cloud. I gotta fucking, gotta have my Butterfinger. No, you know what the um, problem was? Everyone was playing PlayStation Extreme games because that game was fucking the greatest game ever. Do you guys remember that? It was like uh, I kind it was like, like it was like a sports game, right? It was like yeah, it was you, like you, skateboarding, you, you, snowboarding. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you, yeah. Could be, you could you you do races, but like all the races consist of skateboarding. I think it was bike riding. You could do the one where you're laying on your back, losing down like on a board, and like you could like punch people or kick people like a little bit. And I remember playing that game so fucking much, and the game probably isn't even that good. Yeah. Um, does anyone else have anything they want to talk about with the N64? Whatever it may be. Um, so I just remembered when we used to play um, GoldenEye, mm-hmm. that was the first, when we were playing one of the levels, that was the first time one of my friends had ever seen a urinal. So I got that is a very weird. interesting story. It was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was just weird because she was like, what's that? And we're like, uh, we didn't You're know how to that. that situation. <laughs> we were just children. Um, Almost yeah, I mean, Fur Day is a weird Nintendo game the more I think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's also, there I meant also, to look. Was there also a Laser Shoot Larry game for N, uh, N64? Mm, I mean, to be, I think... fair, I, to be fair, he's on the Switch now too, but. Yeah, Nintendo, with, with late 3DS on, Nintendo has become much more lax with what they have allowed to come on third party wise because the 3DS, I'm sorry. Was it 3DS or DS? Now I can't remember. Uh, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars, which a, was a Nintendo exclusive GTA game. So, like, there was a point in time where Nintendo was a lot more strict about what could and couldn't really be on there for third party. I mean, the Wii had games like Mad World, which was like a very graphic uh, action game, I think. And then they also had an, an exclusive Manhunter game, maybe from Rockstar, which is another very graphic, I think. I think it was one of the only rated M games on the Wii. It was like a very graphic, like, serial killer game, maybe? I, I don't really know what Manhunter's about. I just know it for that reason, being a, a mature game on the Switch. Or on the on the, the Wii, rather. Um, but yeah, back then, I feel like it was few and far between that you'd see that yeah. type of stuff. The GameCube had maybe... BMX Triple X, which at the time was a very controversial game because I think it was like, like I think it was a BMX game where you played as women in like underwear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's that. I'm I'm just reading about the history of Diddy Kong Racing right now because I'm on tangent after tangent at this point. Mm-hmm. It was originally intended to be an RTS game called Wild Cartoon Kingdom. That I did not know. That's bonkers. That was the early stage of the game. Then time progressed and it shifted to a Disney World 
influenced racing game. What? Yep. And then they decided that um, Nintendo would have no involvement, um, but because of delays of Banjo-Kazooie, Rare felt that they needed a stronger intellectual property, and thus they brought in Diddy Kong. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an interesting story behind rare in general's relationship with nintendo and then being sold to microsoft like that that could be a whole episode on itself to be honest like that's a good deep dive the Um, fact that people say rare xbox ruined rare considering how well sea of thieves is doing now it's just like bullshit too like they like stump their creativity or whatever people that say that are simply just looking at perfect dark zero and banjo kazooie nuts and bolts which you you have to also look at like Anytime anyone says that, like a lot of people have that same kind of mentality towards Bioware currently yeah. when like they don't like in Mass Effect Andromeda and, you know, other things, whatever. But you have to also an Anthem, you have, to, you have to realize that like a lot of the people that were at Rare left Rare. And I'm sure that a lot of people that were at Bioware also left Bioware. So like, yeah, they probably try to hire and curate and create a culture that kind of consists of like-minded people trying to make the same types of things, but at the same time, like, you're never going to have, like, like the Mario and Zelda games that are being made now, Miyamoto is, like, is, like, a creative influence in person behind the scenes, but he's not, like, making these games, um, which is why you see things change in in their ideas going forward and i think i you know with zelda specifically i think ayanuma is doing a great job and i i forget um the the person's name that that is in charge of mario currently but i also think that mario is in a great direction with like odyssey and, and stuff in 3d world what's up i'm on farther tangents here <laughs> so there was originally going to be a sequel to diddy kong racing called donkey kong racing that I do know of. That was a, a game that was on the back of my GameCube box. There was a trailer for it, which yes. I'm going to have to watch. It parodied uh, the speeder bike chase from Return of the Jedi. That fact I didn't know, but I have seen the trailer. It was on the back of my I, I don't have my GameCube box anymore, but it was like a a marketed thing that was supposed to be a GameCube game. And it, it never came out. It doesn't exist because Nintendo didn't uh, buy Rare's uh, shares the other 51% or whatever that Microsoft bought. Um, They decided to go forward um, with a game that um, Timber was going to be the main character, and it was going to feature Timber as a um, time traveler going to prehistoric period with gameplay similar to Ocarina of Time. That game became Star Fox Adventures. That, I mean, that makes sense. Um, that game may, maybe would have done better if it was a Timber game. Because <laughs> that's a very divisive uh, Star Fox game. But uh, the, last tit- the last weird tidbit about the N64 that I will, I'll throw out there, unless anyone else has anything, anything to add after, is uh, Mario Party might be one of the few instances where video games injured me because there were games where you had to twist the joystick as fast as possible. And like most people would just dig the, um, dig the joystick into the palm of your hand. 
and it became such a problem for Nintendo that I never did this for new ones. If you if you mailed your instruction booklet of Mario Party to Nintendo, they would send you a Mario glove that you could wear to play Mario Party. Yeah, I never did it. I I should I should look on eBay to see how much one of those gloves cost because I guarantee they're crazy expensive. But uh, yeah, that I used to me and my friends in middle school would have like red fucking welts in the middle of our palms from playing Mario Party so aggressively. Yeah, you had to win. You had to win those games. I did get plenty of blister playing Mario Party, but I was not aware of said glove thing. So it I never mailed in anything or i never i i probably only knew about it because of nintendo power because again at this point like the internet was not a thing i was using at all so you're using print media yeah i mean listen i i when i started subscribe one of the one of the things i regret the most is when i started subscribing to nintendo power i always kept all of my nintendo powers on the spine of nintendo power there used to be a little piece of a video game character. And if you kept them all together on a shelf, it would be like a big line of Nintendo characters. And I had, so I don't know, I maybe if I sat down and tried to figure it out, I could figure it out when I subscribed to Nintendo Power to see what, what issue I started on. But like, I had so many Nintendo Powers. Like, I had a whole fucking thing of Nintendo Powers. I never threw them away. I always kept them. At some point in high school... When I started to like try to hide my nerdiness, I started to like either put put away video game or certain nerd things or throw certain things away. And part of me was like, oh, I don't need this fucking video game magazines anymore, like whatever. And I got rid of them all. And I am so mad at myself for doing that. Not not because not because I would want to sell them. I was just I would love to be able to pick Yo, like, an old is issue you, up. Isn't and jealous of all mine? Well, I'm jealous of yours, but I would just uh, I would. Know- lo- at this stage, I would love to be able to just pick up a random fucking Nintendo Power from early 2000s and just, like, read random things about old games. Like, that would be so fucking... That would, that would, that would be such a fun thing for me to do. The best thing I ever did was not throw away my Nintendo Powers, but I used to, like, subscribe to, like, Game Informer. Um, I... Uh, Elect, uh, something gaming electronic monthly that, gaming monthly yeah that was ign right was that did that become ign i feel like that's what became ign but i had like every, i don't think so but maybe I, I, don't say, know. I remember cleaning up my room at some point in high school and i got rid of i'm guessing probably like 40 to 50 pounds of like video game books and stuff like that and i just for some reason i thought to myself keep the nintendo ones but throw everything else away which is yeah. like so weird i so i there was a brief point where I had a Game Informer subscription because Game Informer and GameStop are tied, so I, I had it through there. I never had a subscription to anything else, but occasionally I would buy, like, PlayStation Magazine or I would buy, like, Game Pro or Game Informer. Uh, yeah, sorry, Game Pro I used to buy a lot. Too, electronic yeah. Gaming Monthly. Basically, if I ever found myself any reason somewhere where there were magazines or in a bookstore with like my mom or something, I'd be like, can I get a, can I get this? Can I get and a fucking I would always get them. I would get them. I would wait for them. I would like, every mm. time we're at the grocery store, I'm like, is a new one out yet? Like yeah. this month. I would try to get, I don't know if you had to be a subscriber to get these, but the PlayStation magazine used to come with demo discs. So maybe my brother had it subscribed for a little while. Cause I used to, we used to get those demo discs. I don't know if you could buy those in the store. Like, I don't know if they came with that, if you bought it at a store or not. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I miss my Nintendo powers. It's a, it's a, that's a sad memory for me. Pouring out for my 
my Nintendo powers. Um, anything anyone else wants to add about the Nintendo 64 before we wrap this episode up? Controller is trash. That's about it. Controller is... It's iconic. It is. Kinda, no, it's kind of garbage. I have, I literally have, choice. I have yeah. one right here, but I'm not going to move everything to take it out of the drawer. It's not right. worth it to pick it up. Um, all right. If no one has anything to add, that brings us to... Are they the first to... ones to do the see-through controllers and see-through consoles? Um, we didn't talk about this, so that's a good thing to bring up before we wrap things up, is... They were probably the first. Uh, the N64 was probably not the first thing to do it, but I think Nintendo was the only one doing it because my probably prior to the N64, I had a Game Boy Game Pocket. Two. I had yeah, a Game, Game Boy, Boy Pocket, and my Game Boy Pocket was a see through neon green. Game Boy Pocket did see through? I thought Game Boy yeah. Color did see through. Game Boy Color. So Game Boy Pocket, I think, initially launched as silver, which I have right here. Um, yes, correct. But there were no, there were a couple colors, I think. Maybe, but uh, Black, and maybe maybe, maybe maybe see through was also one of them. But I had a see through neon green one, and that was like my my Game Boy Pocket. Um, this is actually my brother's, and he didn't want color. it, and I was like, I'm gonna take it. Um, yeah, the see-through, I think the launch colors for the Game Boy Color were a neon purple or like atomic purple. purple. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and I think there's like a reddish pink one too. Oh yeah, maybe. Um, but they did that for a while. Game Boy Advance had see-through colors. Um, the, I don't think GameCube did any see-through stuff. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't think so. I think it, I think it was, I think it was basically Game, Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Advance, N64, and then they dropped it. Um, like there was like it the N64 launched as just the typical gray like gray dark gray like black okay. console and gray controller and then yeah like slate and then they eventually brought out like a lot of colors green, like there was yellow. there was green yellow there was a there was a donkey did you have the donkey kong see through one is that the bundle you had uh is it purple see through purple no Atomic Purple was like one of their staples that they did for everything. There, the DK, the no, Donkey no, no, Kong the see-through one. Yeah, yeah, was this, it green. Don- it was green. I think it was jungle it green? green. I think it was yeah. jungle green. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I miss that. I love that shit. I love that see-through fucking plastic. I don't know why no one does that anymore. Microsoft it did it. Cool. Microsoft it, fucking did it. That's part of why I bought this controller. This 20th anniversary Xbox controller is fucking see-through black. It would and be cool I, if we got a I love it. Switch. Yo, I need that thing. Um, I have never had an interest in making like modded joy cons, but I have seen so many people post really nice, like see-through joy cons. And I kind of just want to take a pair of my joy con and make see-through joy con. That would be dope. Um, but yeah, see-through plastic. You want to, you want to just immediately sell a bunch of fucking millennials peripherals. People will rebuy that shit. Yep. Um, but I guess if we're done with the N64, a, a, a fantastic console that I have a lot of nostalgia for that, you know, just it was what it was. That brings us to everyone's favorite new segment of the podcast, which is What's in the Box. And if you're a new listener, What's in the Box is a game where... <laughs> I'm glad you remembered um, this time. I will say the last thing about N64. There was a peripheral called the 64DD 
that was supposed to come to the United States, but it never did. I don't even know if it ever really made it to mass production in Japan, but that was supposed to have the capabilities to help things like Animal Crossing become a thing, Earthbound 64, which never came out. Um, it was like it was basically a disk drive for the N64 that would have allowed you to play different, better game, like more expansive games. And it never got a wide release. I think it only came out in Japan, and I don't know how much it went on to be produced. Um, I'm sure if you wanted to get one today, it would be very expensive to find. But anyways, back to what's in the box. If you're a new listener, every week I take three games off my shelf and I read the back of the box and the panel who are on the episode have a chance to guess what the game is. Whoever guesses it first gets the point. Right now, the leaderboards stand with Todd sitting pretty at number one with six points, Dom at number two with four points, Mike tied in second with Jesse Vitelli, front of the program, at three points, Eric Van Allen, front of the show, with two points, and Cameron Hawkins, front of the show, with one point. And I have three stumps. The goal is not for me to get stumps. He's got to throw those in there. I don't want I don't want stumps. <laughs> I want this to be a thing. I will I guarantee give... I guarantee we don't get any N64 games today because he definitely doesn't have any N64 boxes. No, I don't. But I figured because we're doing an N64 episode tonight, it would only be right. No spoilers. It would only be right if I gave you this clue off the front. We're gonna do N64 games tonight, which means I don't have the physical box, but I have the back of the box up on my computer. So Fucking bullshit. Without further ado, the first game. Balan 64. What's in the box? Oh, Balan 64 would be a fucking trip. Uh, I have to zoom in on this picture because, oh boy, is it granulated. Give me one second. Let me just get this get this up. Okay. It's in fucking French. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let me pull up a different picture. Yikes. Mon ami. I don't know uh, is this clear enough? All right. The first game. What's in the box? You are blank. Turok. Blank, blank, not Turok. Wait, really? All those blanks? You are assigned to covert operations connected with the blank weapons satellite. Mission Impossible. No. Golden Eye. Star Fox 64. What did you say, Dom? Star Fox 64. No. Mike got it. It is Golden Eye. Um, but Todd oh, yeah, mentioned Mission Impossible. Impossible. I did play that fucking oh. game. I, I don't played know that if a it's lot. good or not, but I played the game in a friend's house. You are Bond, James Bond. Yes, that is the first God line. You are Bond, James Bond. So yeah. that gives that Mike sneaking in with the quick point, putting him tied with Dom. Let us move on. I like how he said covert. Brent said covert ops, and then Todd goes Mission Impossible. That is <laughs> a game. What is that? It is. It is a game, but I figured that you would pick. You know, the more popular spy guy. No, see, I don't figure he would. I figured he'd fucking you know. Not make it that easy. Thanks, Brendan. I didn't know that was easy, but sure. I get, so as long as you count my two points for Max Payne, then we'll <laughs> Here we fucking go. You're still in the lead, Todd, with all those points. Game number two. What's in the box? It's a bumping, bruising, brawling bash. Super Smash Brothers. Dom gets the point. Maybe these are too easy. <laughs> they are way too easy. They're games that we've played for the last 25 years. <laughs> so should I not do the last N64 game? No, go I mean, ahead. Might as well. Might as well. You know, all, right, there, all, right, yeah. all right. I'm getting all this flack. I'm getting all this flack from the chat. Let me pull it up here. This is very small writing. Follow Let me, Donkey Kong. Let me <laughs> zoom in. The evil Altair is using 
the Omni Cube. This is how confident I feel that I am not omitting proper notes. <laughs> no, is using the Omni Cube to drain the energy energy from planet blank with Star the aid. No, with <laughs> the aid of a mysterious helper, you must defeat Altair and restore peace to planet blank. Altair. That actually does sound familiar. Castlevania? No. In the adventure mode, guide blank through 24 areas of perilous conflict. Battle Altier's sinister allies. Destroy their bases. Wait, did we say Turok already? Mike always said Turok and it's not Turok. Turok (laughs) 2. No. And put it... Todd, if you can tell me right now, immediately, what the, what the subtitle is for Turok 2, I'll give you a point. Wait, what the subtitle 2 is? Yeah. What do you mean the subtitle? Off the bat. It's Turok 2, colon, blank. Dinosaur's oh. Revenge. No. If anyone can give it to me right now, I will, t- seeds, I will give you the point. Seeds of something. No one gets the point. It's Seeds of Evil. Ah! What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> uh... Destroy their bases. Brian was like shocked that Todd had that part. Yeah, I was. I was kind of shocked. I think it's seeds of evil. It's seeds of something. I think. Um, Wait, you don't know what the name of the game is? I'm pretty sure it's seeds of evil. (laughs) Altair. Altair. If Todd gets this one, I'll give him the max pain points. Altair. (laughs) (laughs) Their bases and put an end to the insane attack. Wait, sat in front of the beginning again. I didn't hear the beginning. In the adventure mode, guide blank. Through 24 areas of perilous conflict, battle Altair's sinister allies, destroy oh, wait, their bases. Wait, I thought, the, oh, so this is the same game, so it wasn't Turok then. Yeah, no, it's not Turok. Oh, because you were saying, like, I thought you were saying, oh, like. Oh, no, 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 I just, oh, when okay. you said Turok too, I said, if you could give me the subtitle, I'll give you the point. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Destroy their bases and put an end to the insane attack. That's it. There's more. I'm just gonna. I'm giving Dom's okay. thinking. I'm letting. I'm letting the wheels turn a little yeah. bit. Yeah. He said tw- he like put emphasis on 24, and I don't know if that's like was intentional. Who's to say? Maybe it's a maybe it's a misdirect. Maybe it's I'm a Marvel Bomber, trailer. It's not Bomberman, right? Is that a guess? Bomberman 64. Yeah. Yeah, Dom gets the point with Bomberman 64 because he said what? the title. You didn't say Bomberman 64. You're definitely, definitely giving me the max pain points after that. That's, like, <laughs> that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. Well, okay. Well, There's a panel vote here. Is Todd getting the max pain points? Is Dom getting this point? What are we doing here? I, get, I think me and Dom should both get a point for that. Because, <laughs> like, I would. Like, if Dom's fine with it, I don't care. All right. I mean, that just keeps the score the same it was. So it doesn't really yeah. matter. It just all it does is make the gap between you two and Mike bigger. That's that's the only thing that changes. Wait, what's where's, where's Dom at in this whole thing? Dom's at Who's six. That? You're at seven. Mike's at four. Okay. Whenever you guess a, a game for N64, you have to put sixty four at the end. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Right. So that is the three. Should we do another sixty four one? Just grab a random one, not sixty-four. Just fucking go to your show. You want me to off the cuff grab one? I'm off gonna grab. Cuff, yeah. I'm gonna grab three off the shelf. We'll, we're gonna double the points. It's the end of the year. We're having fun. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna reset the scores in January. So we're all gonna, right, sounds good. Because I think. I think for the rest. I think for all of 2022, it'll be like a good, like full year of of points. Alan, Wonderworld. 
<laughs> right. You know it's coming. <laughs> right. Didn't we already do Ballon? I, I can't pull Ballon. I think we, oh, I can't pull it now. Surprise, I pulled Ballon. Can I? The world. <laughs> Someone talk so it's not just dead air. I'm going to grab games. Oh. What are we talking about? Oh. All right, let's quickly spoil Spider Man. Oh. Yo, yeah, dude. That scene. When fucking, <laughs> <laughs> it's great because the listeners don't know that Todd has not seen the movie yet. I thought someone Todd spoiled something for me today because I saw a Twitter a tweet that said it, it had to do with like, some article that was posted that said like someone wanted the sex scene in in uh, Spider Man and like Tom Holland respond to it and someone was like. Well, no dome for Tom Holland or something like that. And I was like, wait, does that mean MJ dies? You know, I was like so confused. I'm like, does that mean to spoil this for me? All right. I have three more games off the Yo, shelf this go. time. Off the let's shelf. Go. So that means actually, fuck it. We got four more games off the shelf. Because oh. I got another game in front of me. So I didn't realize there was one on my desk already. So we're going to go with four. They are, I'll give you one overall hint. All four of these games, I'm not saying whether or not they are exclusive, but they are at least on four different consoles from what's in my hand. Cool. What? This is bullshit. All four of the games in my hand are on a different console. But like one of these games is a Switch game, but that doesn't mean it's only on Switch. But I have four different consoles. So there's no exclusives games. in your hands. Do you want that answer? No, I'll just well, go. You said they're all on different consoles. They're on different consoles, but I'm so, not saying. So you, I'm have, not, so I you am, have at least one port in your hand, is what you're saying. I am not saying that any of these are or aren't exclusive. I'm just saying I have four different console games in my hand. That's all I'm saying. I'm still confused, but continue. What's the will say, make, I will say make sense to us. For the game in my hand, you must get the full title. NBA Live 14. So if you ask, <laughs> if you say, for instance, NBA Live, it would not be correct. And if you ask me if it is the correct game, I'm going to say no. But that doesn't mean it's not NBA Live, whatever. But it is not an NBA Live game. But that was a good example. NBA what's, Street. What's in the box? <laughs> Battlegrounds. Wasn't that also an NBA Street game? <laughs> Go Bananas. Donkey Kong. Tropical Freeze. Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Is Donkey Kong your guess, though? <laughs> you are both incorrect. Oh, uh, uh, uh Super Monkey Banana Blitz. No. Mayhem. <laughs> Banana no. Blitz Mayhem. All right, just read it. No. Read more. <laughs> the whole title. Go ahead. Join All Star Monkey Team of yeah, I, I, I May May, Gone Gone, Baby Yan Yan. And Doctor. Oh, okay. Super Monkey Ball Banana Extravaganza. It's Banana no. Blitz something. <laughs> banana Blitz. Uh, yeah, I don't no, know. this is Banana Blitz. Not the game in my hand. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. You can put it back. Ah! <laughs> 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 Is this a stump? This feels like a stump. This feels like a stump. You know it's a monkey ball game. Yeah, I don't know all the fucking monkey ball games. I don't think anything else I read is going to help you. No, I've keep never, play, keep I've never played out. a monkey ball sure. game. Bounce, tilt, and roll your way across hundreds of wonderfully crafted levels and mazes. 
Oh, it's Super Monkey Ball. It is. But which one? 12 delightful party games. Play as Sonic and Tails. Roll through more than 300 stages. Stunning worlds and visuals. Super Monkey Ball 3D. No. Super Monkey Ball 4D. No. Super Monkey Ball Returns. No. Super Monkey Ball Wii U. No. The only other thing on here is Anniversary Edition includes art book, reversible cover, cosmetic items. This game came out this year. Banana Blitz. No. That's the game that came out this year, isn't it? Nope. It's Blitz Banana Dom. That's how you got it wrong. <laughs> this feels like a stump. Wait, didn't you just show us the cover of Banana Blitz? Yes, the game I, that I'm reading the back of is not Banana Blitz. Again. Let me see the cover of Banana Blitz again. That's the game that came out this year. Yeah, right, for real. This game came out in... Uh, 2019. Huh. This other game in my hand <laughs> that I will cover the name of did not come out. It looks exactly the same, too. In 2019. It's a different game. Yeah, Super Monkey Ball game. Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz is a remake or a re-release of Banana Blitz. Super Monkey Ball Blank Blank is not Banana, Banana Mayhem. Blitz. No. Mayhem. I want to say Mayhem is part of the game. Super Monkey Ball Bananarama. No. Here's a here's a clue. I don't know why I'm. I'm this is a I don't stump. know any of the games. Super That's Monkey stump. Ball Banana Blank. Yeah. It sounds not, like a stump it, to me. It sounds a like a stump. Banana Mayhem. It is not Banana Mayhem. I don't know. Sounds like a stump to me. Banana Bar Mitzvah. Not Banana remember, Bar Mitzvah. Remember, remember at the beginning of the segment when Brendan was like, "No, I don't want to stump you guys." And then, and then <laughs> as soon as he pulled the game. I don't. Banana Mania. I don't want to stump you. I don't want to stump you. I knew I was close. I shouldn't have pulled three more games. No, shouldn't have. (laughs) Max Malavenda in the chat. The sheer monkey ball desperation. They had it. They were so close. I wasn't. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, same. (laughs) What's in the box? He said banana. It was either Donkey Kong or Super <laughs> yeah, Monkey Ball. It was, it. Fair, fair. Dom is correct. There was very, very few options. It could have went from banana. Uh, he said no, all the Donkey Kong been, titles. No, it could have been uh, Pedro. Okay. You think I have a physical copy of that? I don't even know if they need a physical copy of that. <laughs> Celebrate the blank of blank with this standalone game. No additional software is required to play. This is the worst back of box. <laughs> yeah, right. All new courses. Move over, blank. It's blank time. <laughs> play through 82 new courses in the world of Blank, 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 blank. Is Mario Kart 8? Are you up to the challenge? No. Uh, I thought this was easy. Yeah, this is apparently not easy. 
Oh, you my mind is in three things. quarters of the back of the book. I know, I was just saying, it can only be so. In my mind, it is some sort of Mario sports game, but I could not. Who's to say? For this game, you need the full title. Okay, so this time it's Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz. <laughs> Blank's Mighty Leap is back. Sail through the air with Blank's increased jump height. Oh, uh. Uh, uh, so it's Mario, um, yeah, Super Mario Brothers Wii U or something. I don't remember. Play as Nabbit. Oh, Super, Super Mario Wii U. Super uh, Super, Super Luigi Brothers U. Super Mario U. Dom gets the point. Oh, dude. Couldn't you be Nabbit in the other one too, or is it only the Luigi one? Uh, I think you'd only be Mario. You could bring Luigi in the Toads. They brought Nabbit in for Luigi U, and then they made that pack, and I think you can play Nabbit as in both of them. I'm just saying, with these two bonus games tonight, or sorry, with these four bonus games tonight, the score is now tied first place Dom and Todd at seven. Yeah, except Mike Todd has two mystery points that... Those mystery points are going to disappear once January never rolls get around. Never get once them. January rolls around, those two points can never come back <laughs> up in the conversation. Here we go. <laughs> Here, here's an overall clue for these final two games. Maybe it's a clue. I don't know. There's a lot of games on my shelf that are like this. They're both sealed. Brennan has never played it, so that means Balan can't be it because we all, we know he opened it and that played doesn't it. Doesn't mean that. that maybe I have two that. copies, Mike. Maybe I have one signed by Yuji maybe, Naka. Maybe he has two that's copies. Right. Maybe it's a game that's on Game Pass. Maybe that's also true, Mike. I did do Halo last week, and I own Halo. Okay, but I don't is Balan on Game Pass? Who's to no. say? Maybe he owns Any, two copies of anybody with information. No, it's not. For this <laughs> game, for this game, you need the full title. NBA Live 14. No. <laughs> as well as the publisher. I will, before I read anything. Injustice, Injustice I, before, 2. Before I read anything. <laughs> he has the, that, and I don't think he I, opened it. I, I need you to give me the full title, but if one thing specifically from the title is missing... I will give you the point. The. <laughs> the legend returns for all generations. I do know this back. Yep, same. Do you, Mike? I feel like I do know it, but keep going. What begins as a rebellion against an evil corporation becomes much more. And what erupts goes beyond imagination what did you say it was Beyond for good and evil too i didn't say what it's for what was the first thing you said though like, yeah, I'm, I'm already blanking on is that the, the legend returns the Just legend returns going. for all generations winner of over 220 awards legend of zelda Link's awakening no the story of this first Wait, I don't know if I can read this. Hold on. Let me read let me read it myself first. Final Fantasy VII remake. Part one. Redux. Say part one, Mike. Part one. Final Fantasy VII. What's the, the DLC called? Um Oh yeah. Fuck. 
I forget. Yuki so reimagined or something. So apparently, apparently figured it out, Mike. Yuki. The Yuki, the Yuki one. Yeah, right. Exactly. I am inclined to give this to Mike. Yeah. What is the actual title it, of it? Intergrade was the word oh, that intergrade. I was yeah, going to omit if you didn't get it. So I'm going to oh. give this point to Mike. That means right now with the core, the core cast, the points are Mike. I'm sorry, Dom and Todd tied at seven. Mike at five, and then guest guest characters at three, one, and two. With one episode left potentially in the year, this means that Mike, this is a very vital point for Mike, but this is also a vital point to steal the lead for Mike and for, for Dom and Todd. The final game. Mike, you got this. NBA Live 14. <laughs> NBA Street. I'm not, depending on how this goes, because I haven't actually read the back of this box, you might not need the full title. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Fuck, this is too easy. I don't, I, this is too easy. Who cares? You, you already have it in your hands. All right, all right, all right, all right. Flex your brain the fun way with family and friends. Brain age. Brain, big brain academy. Fuck, you beat me to it. I was going to say it, too. You just picked the wrong brain game, Mike. It's nope. true. Dom taking the lead going into the end of the year with eight points. Todd at second with seven. Mike at third with fifth. Jesse Vitelli front of the show at three. Eric Van Allen front of the show at two. And Cameron Hawkins front of the show at one. And I got four stumps, baby. Uh, stumps were double, so I'm actually in first. But stumps, Stump. but stumps, we don't want stumps. No one wants stumps. I'm not trying to stump you. I'm. I just gave you Brain Age, Big Brain Academy. I got it yeah, wrong so, too. That's cool. So technically, I'm in first because I got the two points. So that's true. He yeah. does have two points. Dom, <laughs> no, you have to get the next three right. So even yeah, with Todd's right. two, you still win. You have to get the Never next three right. Um, Do you move his mouth too, or just his eyes? I've been trying. It doesn't. I think it's just no, the eyes. That is creepy. It's that is very creepy. So that Whoa. that that about does it for our. What happens if uh, you get close to the camera? Does it get bigger? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. That's kind of creepy, Mike. For the for audio listeners, Mike is using a Mario sixty four overlay on his camera, so he is now stretchy face Mario. Yeah, the loading. Uh, I will say before we wrap things up, that was a weird. That's a weird way for that game to be. Like, why was that? How Mario sixty four's menu was, where you could like stretch Mario's face around, is just because it was three D for the first time. Why not? Um, who knows? Those 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 uh. That game was a good game. That was a real fun. When you game. when you told me you hadn't opened those games, I was waiting here. It was the Tekken Tag Tournament two for fucking Wii U. I do have I that a, game. I do. Have did you that open game. it? Did you open it? Uh, I remember you might, gave me a copy from Black Friday, and I don't think I ever opened my yeah, copy. I, that might be open. I only opened it because that that specific game has like Mario, Mario things, and I just wanted to like see it. Um, so that might be open. Uh, anyways, that about wraps it up for our N64 25th, 25th anniversary episode. Uh, the next episode will probably be The Matrix, so make sure you are uh, watching those movies before you listen to that. Uh, but as always, you can listen to and watch and read all the things we do at pastthecontroller.io. Thank you so much for listening and hanging out with us. 
If you want to help support the show, the easiest way to do that and the freest way to do that is to share us on social media, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever reviews for podcasts can be left, follow us on social media, and let a friend know about the show. If you want to keep the conversation up with us in our community, you can join our Discord, follow us on social media. You can follow me at BGroom. You can follow Mike at underscore MichaelPath. You can follow Todd at Toddy underscore by underscore nature. You can follow Dom at PTC underscore one little spark. And if you have a few bucks kicking around, you want to help support the show, you can subscribe to us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash passcontroller. You can subscribe to us on Patreon at patreon.com slash passcontroller, or you can buy some sick, sick swag at passcontroller.threadless.com. And thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode, episode 291 of the Pass the Controller podcast. And this year is almost over. We'll see you again soon.